Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. My Bible is open to Colossians chapter number three. And in just a moment, we'll begin at verse number one, Colossians chapter three and verse number one. Father, thank you for your word today. Blessed in Jesus' name. And I want to just simply have some dialogue with you regarding this time of consecration. Consecrate yourselves and give you some things that's going to help us during our time of consecration. One of the things we have to understand is we're not doing this just for religious duty. We're doing this because we love God and because we want to draw near to him. The scripture says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I want, want to encourage you in the time of drawing near to God. A lot of times we get into a, um, a, a religious rut uh, or even a spiritual uh, low season where we're, there's no vibrancy in our spiritual walk. But I want to encourage you to increase the intensity in your prayers, increase the time with God. And what'll be a, what you'll find happening is this, your heart will become more pliable in his presence. I heard the story about this church who had a wonderful music ministry and they, um, they, they, <clears throat> You know, they were looking for a sound. And once they got that sound, they were proud of that sound. Um, the elders, the pastors, some of the elders noticed, we got, we, we, it's not just a sound, there's pride going on here. And so what they did, they made the decision, along with those leaders in the music ministry, just to sit down for a season and be ministered to. During that time of sitting down, the song began to emerge um, where they began to say, when the music fades and all is stripped away, and I s simply come wanting to bring something of worth. That was gonna bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you require. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You search within my heart. Then you probably know the chorus. I'm coming back to a heart of worship where it's all about you. You know that one? It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Mm. Ooh, that's nice right there. I'm coming back, sing it with me, to a heart of worship where it's all about you, 
yes it is. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. Where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen, amen. So, when we look in the book of Colossians, I believe Paul gives us some insight in terms of consecration, things that can help us. The book of Colossians is very interesting in that it's a uh, letter by Paul written to the church at Colossae. It's really four chapters, perfectly divided, in that the first two chapters are what they call doctrinal and the last two are practical. So the first two deals with who Jesus is and his supremacy and all of those things. But then uh, when we get to the latter two chapters, chapter three and four, what happens is it gives instructions as to how to live in the light of who he is. Because he is Christ, because all things were created by him and without him nothing that was created is made that's made. In the light of this, this is how you are to behave. These are things that you can do. So again, they call this the practical section. Verse 1 of chapter 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Again, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that's going to help us in our consecration. Go in God's direction. Say that, please. He says, seek those things that are above. Seek there means to strive for, to be about, to devote serious effort toward. Seek those things that are above. What are you seeking? Psalm said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. So what are you seeking? He says, seek those things that are above. When we say above, that is believers' lives should be dominated by the pattern of heaven, bringing heavenly direction to their earthly duties. So in other words, I'm looking at it and saying, in the light of what's going on with me, turn my mic down just a little bit, please. In the light of what's going on with me, how does God feel about this? In the light of this happening, what does God have to say? In the light of this going on in my family, on my job, in my life, how does Scripture bear on this situation? Seek those things which are above. After all, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you know, know that famous verse, but seek second the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Did I misquote that? Seek after you have done everything. Mm -mm. 
I know that you're busy people. I know that you have so many things to do. You've got your career. You've got the kids. You've got all of the things happening in your life. So in the light of all of that, I understand, God. I understand so you can seek me after you've gotten that done. So you mean he doesn't give us an out because we're busy? In fact, I heard one guy who has a tremendous prayer life. He said, the more I have to do, the more I pray. Seek first. Everybody say, seek first. So that means go in God's direction. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Turn your head to the left. The other left. Left now. Left. Left. Y'all know where left is, right? Turn your head to the left. Which way are you not looking? So when you, you can look back, when you, some of y'all still to the left, but, but when you are turned to the left, you cannot turn to the right. When you begin to seek first the kingdom of God, when you begin to go in God's direction, it automatically says no to some other things. And so I want to encourage you in that. Seek first. Go in God's direction. Here's the second thing. Not just go in God's direction, but give God your attention. Give God your attention. Look at verse number two of Colossians chapter three. Verse two says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, set your what? Mind, meaning give your attention to. When he says set your mind, it means to exercise the mind. It means to think. It means to keep on giving serious consideration to the things that are above. What is God saying? Where is your mind set? I want to tell you this. Whoever has your attention has the potential to influence you. So the question now is, who are you listening to? Who has weight? Who has your ear? Who can speak to you and you begin to respond based upon what they're saying? Whoever has your attention. Do you remember over in Genesis chapter number three, the serpent got Eve's attention. And as a result, he began to influence her. You better look at somebody and say, be careful who you give your attention to. Let me tell you, everybody and everything that's screaming for your attention is not worthy. Everybody and everything that's saying, here I am, here I am, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, is not worthy or deserving of your attention. It could be a distraction. It could be the very thing robbing you of the level of focus you need to hear from God. And so he says, give, your atten- give God your attention. Listen to this scripture. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Can y'all put that up for me, please? Romans 8 and verse number 5. Romans 8 and 5 says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Again, those who live according to the flesh, they do what? 
set there what? Where is your mindset? Those who live according to the flesh begin to set their minds. They set their mind. They begin to focus their attention on the things of the flesh. But I love that, that it says those who live according to the Spirit begin to do that same thing, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So you have to give, your, give God your attention. Let me say this. It's easy in, to have your mind be flipped in just a moment of time. Y'all remember Jesus standing up and he said, who do men say that I am? Pete said, I got this one. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father who's in heaven. And then he said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Oh, Peter is glad about himself, feeling himself. Then, then Jesus began to talk about his mission. Jesus began to talk about he's going to die. And Peter said, I got this one too. Not so, Lord, not so. These things are not going to happen. You're not going to. Listen to what Jesus said to Peter after he spoke in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. It, it says, he turned to Peter and said, he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me. Listen to this. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You are not setting your mind. What's going on with you is this. You are distracted. Yeah, you got that one right. But just in a flip, you begin to lower where you had your focus and you begin to bring it down to a level of the level of man. Because he could not see Jesus dying. Jesus was like, I got a bigger mission. And so you need to set your mind. Set your mind. So give God your attention. I told you to go in God's direction. Give him your attention. Now, I'm getting ready to move to the last one. I'm going to dig just a little bit right here. Let me give this disclaimer. I'm I'm talking to you today, okay? I'm about to be trans. We're going to have some transparency. It's okay? And um, one of the things that I have, to, you have to remind you of, this is Paul writing to the church. He's not writing to sinners. This is Paul writing to the church at Colossae, right? This is what I want to say. Um, because as I read this, what happens is we don't want to be honest many times. This is, this is what I pray in my own, my own life. I said, Lord, please help me not to be deceived. In other words, let me know the truth. Let me understand what's true. I, I don't, I, let me not be especially self-deceived. Now, what I mean by that is this. There are some things that are wrong that I like doing. Don't sit up here and look at me like that. 
like, oh, can you believe he said that? Myrtle, did he just say something? <laughs> there are some things that are wrong that I like doing. Help me, Lord. That's where my prayer is. What I'm getting at is this. I never want to twist the scripture and call what is wrong right because I like doing it. It's wrong is this wrong. Let God be true and every man a liar. So, what we're getting ready to do, we're getting ready to get, you talking about a very practical section. But this is Paul talking. Now, Paul is talking to the church. That's us too. And this is the point that I'm getting ready to make. And let me just go ahead and make it. Elder Walt, we may have to get up out of here quick, quick today. I told you, go in God's direction in terms of this consecration time. I told you to give God your attention. But here's the third thing, and I want to just dwell here, and I'm going to be through. Get serious about your sanctification. Say that, please. Get serious about your sanctification. Nudge somebody and tell them, get serious about your sanctification. Now, here we go. <clears throat> Verse number five, Colossians 3 and 5. He says, therefore, put to death, which means to deprive of power, it means to destroy the strength of, and here's the first one in the list, put to death, kill it, fornication. Fornication, we get our word pornography from the word that the Greek word that's used here for fornication, pornea. And so he says, this uh, fornication is sexual immorality of any kind. He didn't say coddle it, he said kill it. He said to put it to death. All right? So now, I don't want to start okaying what God says to kill. It's mighty quiet up in this purple church today. Then he says, I need you to deprive it of power. I need you to destroy the strength of it, the fornication. And then he says, so, so listen, as we go through these, let me just tell you up front. My goal today isn't condemnation at all. My goal today is simply to work with us from the Scripture so that God can tamper with us, so that God can bring us along on our journey. 
Sanctification, just so you'll know, is to become progressively more and more like Jesus. That's the simple, one of the best definitions I've heard, to become progressively more and more like Jesus. And to become progressively more and more like Jesus, there are things in my life that God wants me to put to death. He says, put to death fornication, and then he says, put to death uncleanness. Uncleanness is immorality or impurity. I need to put it to death, rob it of its strength. Then he says, put to death passions. The King James says inordinate affection. It means to experience a strong physical desire. It's a lust. He says, put that to death. Then he says, put to death evil desire, a longing after what is bad. I like bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come? Let the bad boys go. (laughs) Kill it. I don't know, I like no nice men. I like me some bad boys. Let me go on. Put to death covetousness, which is greed, a desire to acquire more and more. Where's your enough line? Do you have an enough line? You need to, you all of us need to have some, that's enough. Come on. How many ties do I need? Put it to death. And so, so listen, these are things that he said, I need you to put to death, listen to this, because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked in when you lived in them. God, listen to this, already looks at you as having come out of these things. Thank you, Lord. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. What I love about it, the Scripture says that he is perfecting that which concerns us. He's continually working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so my question is, if God's given us space and time, using Elder Melinda's uh, words there, if he gives the sinner space and time to repent, He gives the saint also space and time because, listen to me, if God just immediately went off on you every time you did something, no flesh would be alive. And let me, let me just give this up because I'm telling you, because I know there are some people sitting here, well, Pastor, I am saved. You know, I am saved. I'm saved, sanctified, filled of the Holy Ghost, and delivered from everything. I'm telling you, I don't have any, no sin in my life right now. First John, say, if you say that you have no sin, I'm just giving you the word. You lying. I was brought up in the Holy Ghost field, baptized, monitor believe in church. And so I don't have any proclivity toward anything. 
this is the thing. My concern is this. We have been lying about deliverance. We've been lying about deliverance. And what happens is we begin wearing a mask, the facade of righteousness, the facade of holiness, when inwardly there has not been a transformation because you've not been honest with God, saying, God, I'm struggling right here with this. My flesh won't dominate me today. Can you handle this today? It didn't come out quite that strong earlier. We were having a conversation. But what I'm saying is this. Legally, from a legal standpoint, I know Colossians chapter number one talks about how Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. If you, that's a legal transaction, but he had to come in chapter three and say, put to death the self-same people that he said, you've been delivered from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, he says, put to death. So that's a becoming. My question to us as a church is this. Do we have room with people that are struggling? Let's not act as if there is no struggle in our lives. During this consecration, that's where you're honest with God. You say, God, this is going on in my life. This is, what, this is where I am. I struggle with this. And, and you know, and I like this. It's wrong. But you say I'm, I'm, so I'm always going to agree with you in terms of who you say I am, although I hadn't seen it yet. You... I haven't seen it yet. It's, I'm trusting you. The scriptures, I trust that. Listen to me. Romans chapter 8, verse number 29. He says this, that he is conforming us to the image of his son. You see what I'm talking about? He's doing that. He's doing that. But we won't be like him, according to 1 John, until we see him. He ain't here yet. And as long as he's not here yet, I'm still becoming. Now, I may not have gotten to your, 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 your issue right there. You said, well, Pastor, I am free from all of those. Okay. Um, so you, you, you killed all that. That's good. So to, to get serious about your sanctification, there are some things you put to death. But then the next thing he said, verse number eight, you need to put off some things. He says, this is what you need to put off. Put off there means to cease from doing what you're accustomed to doing. Stop. <laughs> Look at somebody say, stop it. <laughs> he says, put off, stop doing this. And he lists verse one, he says, it's anger. Some people are walking around and you control with your anger. Everybody's afraid. Oh God, don't make her mad. Don't make him mad. If, he's, if he gets mad, he's going to kick the cat, the dog. He's going to everything. I saw somebody. I saw somebody. If you're in here today, forgive me. I saw it. Got so mad with another lady 
They're going to wreck their car they, on Facebook, some, a Facebook argument. They met, found out where the lady was, met in person, and then got, and you're going to wreck your own car trying to. <laughs> anyway, he said you need to put off anger. Put off anger. And then, listen, anger there, that means fury. Then he says, you need to put off wrath. That's fierce indignation. You cross me, going to be the last person you cross ever in your life. I guarantee you, you ain't going to cross nobody else. And then he says, put off, listen to this, put off malice. Malice is a hostility and a strong dislike with intention to harm. I'm going to get you. I'm going to, uh-uh, rest. Oh, yeah, you must pay. I'm going to get you. You can rest assured. You, won't, you probably won't sleep with one eye open because I'm going to get you. Then he says, put off Blasphemy. That's not blasphemy against the Spirit. Listen to this. Blasphemy, blasphemy right there means to speak against someone with the intent to harm their reputation. You are a character assassinator. So it's, and, and, and Christians do it like this. Uh, you know, can we pray about Michelle? We need to pray about her. What we need to pray about? Then you start spilling it. Child, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, and the next thing you know, we are assassinating somebody's character. And that's called, he said, put off the blasphemy. I'm just going through what he says. Then he says, filthy language. That's obscene, shameful speech. Cussing. Cursing. Using profanity. I know in Texas they say emphasis. Don't use so much emphasis. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen this with some I've seen some beautiful women that just had trashy mouths. I'm going to turn this thing off up in here. You, you know, and I'm like, my God. I'm, and I'm sitting there on the wall like, she's cussing like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, say, help us, Lord. So now, so now, he said, what I need you to do is put off the filthy language out of your mouth. Then, wait a minute, verse 9, stop lying. Look at somebody say, stop lying. He says, do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds. That old man was full of lies. He says, stop lying. Again, this is the, group, the first group he says put to death. The next group he says, I need you to put off. And the inference here is, you know, you need to, that was your way. That was your modus operandi. That was the way you did things. My mama handled things like that. And that's the way it is. My name is Johnson. And so all of us Johnsons, you ain't going to mess with us. I'm from the south side, baby. I'll set this thing off up in here. You know our bone in Conyers. (laughs) 
now, hear me. And I know some of you, have to, you're not going to sit right there and talk about my mama like that. <laughs> All I'm saying is run everything through the grid of Scripture. Run it through the grid of Scripture. And if it says it's something that we need to put off, put it off. Now, he says, this is what I need you to do. Put to death these things. Put off some things. And then he says, this is what I need you to do. Verse 10, put on. This is, this is how you get serious about your sanctification. Put on a new man who's renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Skip down to verse number 12 of chapter 3. Therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. That means compassions. It, put on that means to sink into a garment. It means to put on compassion, put on concern. One of the things that concerns me is sometimes I can be so busy, I, my world becomes all about me rather than having any kind of compassion for others. And so I need God to help me to be compassionate toward people. Put that on. Then he says, put on kindness. That means to provide something beneficial for somebody else. You remember the Old Testament story of Mephibosheth when David said, is there anybody of the house of Jonathan that I can show kindness to? And so he said, put on kindness. Then he says, put on humility. Be without arrogance, humbleness of mind. We were talking about this. Somebody said, you know, I'm the most humble person up in here. If you are making announcements <laughs> about being the most humble person, you probably aren't. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Then he says, put on meekness. That means gentleness of attitude and behavior. I've seen some people, they get a position and they flex. They get a little power and they flex. They let you know, I'm in charge around here. Anything that's going to happen in this place is going to go through me. You do know that, right? <laughs> you don't have to do that. Mo the Bible speaks of Moses as being very meek, but yet uh, think about the power that was exercised through his life and ministry. Then he says, put on long-suffering. I love this definition. I found it. It's this long-suffering is a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation, misfortune, without complaint or irritation. I'm going to read it again. I should have had this one on the board so y'all could see it with me. Long-suffering, a state of emotional calm in the face of provocation, being provoked, or misfortune, and without complaint or irritation. So, in the light of the person, like we say, that's anointed to get on the nerves, you are calm. In the face of being provoked, you are 
come without being irritated or complaining. I've had this happen. I've had it happen. Uh, Somebody can get on in front of me in traffic. I'm mad for a few miles. Then I have to catch myself and say, this is not worth it. Lord, it's me, it's me standing in need of prayer. Are you understanding? Long-suffering. Long, long, where I'm, I'm calm. I'm calm. I won't be irritated. I won't be irritated. I'm not going. I have. A, I don't have my uh, my uh, Apple Watch on today, but periodically it'll come up with a breathe. It give me it breathe. <sighs> <sighs> It helps. Breathe. Calm, just calm down. Breathe. <sighs> breathe. Breathe. Listen. And he says that's the long suffering that you and I have to clothe ourselves with. We need to put on. And then he says, put on not just long suffering, but he says, bear with one another. In other words, make allowances for one another's faults because you have your quirks. There are things about you I just don't get, and we, we put up with it. I don't understand why you do what you do. I don't understand why you like that. That's your way. It's not. It's just you. So I'm going to put up with it, bear with one another. Then he says forgiving one another, forgiving one another. So as, as we go through the time of consecration, if the Lord brings somebody to your heart that you need to forgive, Know that it's him tampering with you. Do so. And then he says, above all these things, uh, put on love. Clothe yourself in love. Above everything else, put it on. So in terms of this time of consecration, we have to go in God's direction. We have to give God our attention, but we have to get serious about our sanctification. And in getting serious, that's the part where God messes with us. I'm opening up. I was telling them this morning that I was reading, um, I was reading Psalm 139 and, uh, uh, yesterday, and I was like, oh, Lord, where it says, search me and know my heart, try me, see if there are any anxious ways, in me, all that kind of stuff. And I just kept reading, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. What got to me is this, when he says, search me, do an investigation of my life. During this time of consecration, that's what we're saying. Do an investigation of me. Here I am, Lord, because I want to become what you say. But then I, this is what blew me away. He's, I said, in the light of you knowing me, you know everything about me, you still want to put your hand on me. Wow. Are you hearing that? God knows everything about you, so he knows all of your, here's the word, proclivities. He knows all of your bents. He knows the sin that does so easily beset you. He knows the weights in your life. He knows those things, and he yet gives you space. And he says, I want to be a part of you. I'm inviting you. I want you to draw near to me because I want to rub more of me in you, off on you, so that you are becoming everything that I have purposed. Amen? 
We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.